Welcome to our first NSB podcast. My name is Luke, and I'm the pastor here at First NSB. And with me, we have some incredible guests. Actually, you're not guests. You guys are with us every week. Uh, it is Joel Kobosh, our next-gen leader, and Paul Sanders, our associate pastor. It's good to be with both of you gentlemen today. You guys doing all right? Doing good. Doing good. Well, that's great. That's great. So we had a week off, and according to Paul, uh, we got some negative feedback on the fact that we were off last week. So that's good. I'm glad that our our uh, our regular audience uh, missed us. So we'll give a shout out to our regular audience and um, glad we're back on. Joel was at a conference last week. How was that, Joel? It was a good conference. Good encouragement and reminder, some things. So. Yeah, and was the topic, um, it was it was church-related, what was the specific topic of the conference? Uh, it was Christ Our Only Hope, so it was the idea of Christ Our Only Hope in a postmodern world, so. Good. Well, glad you got to go, and I know you got together with some friends as well, so that's nice. Yeah, had a good Excellent. time. Excellent. All right, so we're going to jump right in. Uh, Joel is actually going to be preaching on this text on Sunday morning, and we're in Ephesians 3 verses 1 through 13, as we're continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. So, uh, Joel, do you have the text pulled up? Yeah, I'll read it here. Thank you. It says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Okay, thank you. Um, so let's look at this text. And again, we are going through Ephesians making observations. So we're, we're looking at the text, we're, we're just talking through it finding, you know, what what is Paul communicating to his audience? Uh, what is the message to them? The message to them and the message to us are, are one and the same. The meaning is fixed, although its significance or application in our specific situation may differ. Um, what, what do we see here? Well, as I've been reading over it several times, it's it seems like it's this is a very personal thing to Paul, and he's, he's almost humbled by it. The opportunity he has and the fact that this mystery was revealed to him because he says you know he talks about later well first he says for this reason i paul a prisoner for christ jesus on behalf of you gentiles and so that's that's a pretty personal statement there and then 
then later he talks about how I'm I'm the least of these, but he he gave it to me. <laughs> this mystery was revealed to me, and why was it given to me so that I could pass it on to you? And so I think it's it's a very personal and kind of humbling thing for him to be almost maybe writing this letter. Yeah, specifically um, this this term mystery. It, it appears throughout the text. It's at verses three, four, six, and nine. So that that seems to be a very uh, clearly a, a very important term in in the text, and it's a mystery that um, that yes, it was revealed to Paul, and and, and as Joel, as you said, he's he uh, is says he's humbled, and he uh, by by being being the recipient of the mystery, but his mystery is also revealed to the, his holy apostles and the prophets. So the first person that probably be started to understand this a little more was Peter, right? Um, because w when Peter was uh, was shown the animals and told, told he had to get up and eat the unclean animals, remember that vision he had? It became very clear to Peter that, um, and he said that. He says, I, I, I began to realize that, that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to us as Jews, it comes to you, the Gentiles. He was in Cornelius' house, right? Yeah, that actually uh, is in Acts chapter 10. And and so uh, the mystery no longer was a mystery because it, it, the church now knows, starting with, you know, starting with uh, what, was, what happened in Jerusalem, the church now knows that the Gentiles are part of the church. And in fact, a lot of the um, persecution of Paul by the Jews is because he was inviting Gentiles into the church. And, uh, and telling them that they were on equal footing with the Jews. That strikes the very identity of a Jew when you tell them that he's no longer special uh, because their, their identity is built, it was built on their, um, not, not so much on their relationship with God, but, their, but, but, but who their ancestors were, remember? And Jesus started taking that apart when he came. When he, came he started going after the, the um, Pharisees and said, you're not children of Abraham, which didn't make Jesus very popular either. Yeah, and I think we even saw that in the previous section, where it's it's very clearly pointed out that the Gentiles were outsiders, but it was it's Christ brought the outsiders in, and that's that's actually makes the gospel more special. But it probably was a struggle for the Jews, and well, it, it was a struggle for them. We see that throughout Scripture to to recognize that. Yeah, that. Um... I think what Paul probably, um, I may be mis misremembering this, but I think in Galatians, um, yes, Paul shares the gospel. And I think, what was it, the, the Judaizers? I think it was the Judaizers that had this idea that one must become a Jew first in order to become a Christian, which that's not the gospel. One doesn't become a Jew in order to become a Christian, um, no, one, one comes to faith in Christ. And so this idea that you come through um, the works of the law or that you come through um, a process of becoming a Jew, no, that's not the case. That Gentiles come to faith in Christ in the same way that Jews come to faith in Christ. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I think that's 
it's important. And I think it was probably hard for those Jews to, to understand that. And that's why Paul emphasizes that fact that it's, it was, it's grace through faith. We don't have anything to do with our salvation. And it seems like that's even why he mentions over and over again in this passage, it's by grace that it was given to me. And by grace, I'm a minister of it. And by grace, this, and by grace, doesn't have anything to do with us. Exactly. I think, um, Verse 2, he talks about stewardship of God's grace. Verse 7, according to the gift of God's grace. Verse 8, this grace was given. So yeah, grace factors very uh, very strongly in this text. And um, you know everything Paul's experienced, I mean, his, his own salvation is by the grace of God. And... His ministry to the Gentiles is by the grace of God. The work that God has done um, in the Ephesians is by grace, you know, and it goes back to that text, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So grace is all over it, all over Paul's life, all over the Ephesians' lives, and all over our lives, right? Because we're saved by grace not by works. And another thing I think that is, seems to be mentioned several times is this, the Spirit's power. Uh, see if I can find it here. Revealed to the, his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And then later it says, which was given me by the working of his power, which I think we could relate that idea of power with the, the Spirit's power, Holy Spirit's working in our lives so between grace and the holy spirit's power we he's accomplishing the furtherance of the gospel eh? right just at least proclamation of the gospel so is paul here um it, is he here talking about how god's grace was displayed in his life in bringing the truth of this mystery um, to the Gentiles. And, and we see in verse 6, what is the mystery? It is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. So that's the mystery that God revealed to Paul and then sent him to proclaim to the Gentiles. Is that right? Right. Yes. So Paul's role was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And what, what is our role in communicating the gospel to our community? Well, by our very existence, it sounds like through this passage, we are an example. We, we make the mystery known. And so I, I, I remember what Jesus said. He said, if you have love for one another, by this, you know, people will know that you belong to me. So the first thing we do is we treat each other well. And the second thing is, as, as we encourage people to do, is that you want to be able to talk to people about this gospel, this good news, that um, they can too be part of this uh, church, this body of Christ. Yeah, verse 9 says, and to bring light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things? 
our job is to bring light to everyone so that their eyes would be opened and understand, like you said, the mystery that was hidden for ages. That, that next line, we might not be able to answer this without much study, but it says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So it seems like the command to hear is so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known. But then it seems like it's directed to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. What I'm, <laughs> I wonder what that, I don't know if any of you have insight on that. Well, it, 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 if, it's, if they're in heavenly places, then they're part of eternity. Um, and uh, according to the, ES, the study Bible, ESV anyway, they refer to it being angels in heaven who now see what you know, the manifold wisdom and is likened to a, a diamond with many different facets. And now they can see this part of God's wisdom where the church starts coming to being uh, 2,000 years ago. And now, can, you know, and, and they can see that what God has planned through the, the ages is starting to come to fruition. So I, I, I find it fascinating that not only that do people here on earth can see the church, but people in heaven can see the church. And I imagine Satan can see it too. And he wasn't very happy about it, I'm sure, to see the church come to come about uh, this body of Christ that now he has to contend with. And he can persecute us and he can cause all sorts of problems for us and everybody who follows him can. But the church still stands, does it not? Yeah, I've got some, um, some old sermon notes here that, um, you know, and the note I have here is the, these are angels, both good and bad. And um, I've got Ephesians 6, 12. If you look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, yeah, I think um, you, the note in the ESV study Bible is is in keeping with with what uh, with what I've seen as well. And I think the verse eleven is I, I mean verse twelve, but it it starts with verse eleven. Um, the eternal purpose was that we would have we would have boldness and access confidence through faith in him. That's an amazing thing. if you if you were a Jew reading this, you wouldn't understand that. Uh, if you didn't understand the gospel, because they couldn't access God. They had to come through the high priest um, who made the sacrifice once a year, right? And went into the Holy of Holies. And now we can just talk to God in, in his Holy of Holies, and we have access to him with boldness and confidence. Uh, it reminds me of, of the verse uh, I'm trying to memorize, the verses I'm trying to memorize in, Ephesians, in Hebrews 14, where it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So this was referring back to Jesus' time on earth, right? He was tempted as we are. Then he says in verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Their grace is repeated again. 
So this idea of grace is 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 a a um, is something that is just an awesome thing to to realize that it, it kind of burst on the scene. God's grace and bringing His Son to Earth. God's grace and and having Him die for us. God's grace to let us access Him because of Jesus' death for us. And God's grace in establishing the Church of Gentiles and Jews. I think it's. It makes me think like we have a, a unique relationship with Christ in the fact, well, with God and Christ. Man and God have a unique relationship that even the angels don't experience, good or bad. And they just sit there sitting back and watching God work this whole plan of redemption in the lives of, of man. And, and what an awesome thing that we get to be a part of that. <laughs> We get to be the recipients of that. It makes me think of Psalm 8, you know, that what is, who is man that you're mindful of him? <laughs> yes, we're, we're just a little grasshopper here, as Psalms say, a little, we're just the dust of the field, and yet, you know, God has done a marvelous work for us on this, on this little piece of earth that we live on. Um. I, I agree with you, Joel. It, 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 an angel—I don't know if angels experience grace. Well, I guess they do if they—if they're—if they're followers of God. I, they, I'm sure God shows them grace up in heaven, but not this—not this sacrifice for our sins. I don't think that happened for them. It happened for us, mankind. And God didn't—God didn't send His Son to become an angel. He sent His Son to become a man. Yeah. Relationship was with man. I have no idea of it. if there's anywhere else in the universe this is happening. Uh, if God wants to do that, I'm sure he wants to do that. But uh, this seems to be fairly unique. This, this passage seems to, seems to show that it's, it's, it's a unique event, at least in this, in this piece of it, it's unique. It's a facet that, 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 that it's coming to light. Well, the, the revelation we have in the scripture of uh, the canonical books of our Bible, Genesis through Revelation, it's, it's, it's what God has given to us. And, um, you know, we see that um, the church, it, the church itself, um, you know, it says, verse 10, it says, so that the church, uh, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God uh, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities. So the, through the church, God manifests his wisdom and we understand the church to consist of believing jews and believing gentiles and you know believing gentiles are fellow heirs members of the same body partakers of the promise in christ jesus through the gospel so they were far away through christ they've been brought near and Jesus and the writer of, of Hebrews also, you know, make it very clear that, um, as I said before, just because you were born a Jew doesn't mean you're going to experience God's grace. Um, just because you were, it, it, the grace and the, and the promises of God go to people who believe, the believing Jews, as you said, Pastor Luke, not to just somebody who was born a Jew, or not somebody who became a Jew by the works of the law, as you pointed out. Um, 
and and that that is radical. Um, I think it's radical, and and there's no other religion that says that. All other religions say you have to work hard, you know, do your best, pray five times a day, um, go out and do a marvelous deed, and you'll get to heaven, you'll get to paradise. But that's not what we believe. It's 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 counter counterculture in every culture around the world. Another thing I was thinking about reading, looking at those last couple of verses. Well, one, I think this is obviously another argument just for the importance and of the church, how vital the church is. It's through the church that we get to proclaim the wisdom of God to even the angels. But then those last those last couple of verses. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for, which is your glory. It says we have we can we ought to be bold and confident. Knowing this truth that this mystery has been revealed to us to proclaim to others and we ought to have that ought to give us great confidence as the church and boldness to go out and do what we've been called to do. I think it's good to emphasize the fact that as verse six, that we're members of the same body. If we're members of the same body as a church, then it's like being members, as you said uh, uh, in the sermon yesterday, we're members of the household of God, which is mentioned in, in, in the passages before this. And therefore we should all be ready to do our best to take care of the church. It's it's our church. It's like our family. It's our it's, it's more than just our little nuclear family. We need to take care of this larger family, including serving, caring for one another, and giving uh, uh, to, in order to fund the things that need to happen in the church. So um, we're partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Members of the same body. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I mean, just uh, this idea of access, verse 12, boldness and access. You see it back at verse 18 of chapter 2. Through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. You know, the fact that we have access through Christ to our Father in heaven, that's, that's pretty incredible. We have access through Christ for what again? The fact that through Christ we have access to our Father in heaven. Yes. So that goes. So you know, Paul. I mean, Joel, you were talking about the the boldness and access with confidence that we have in verses verse twelve. And I think, and and, and as Joel mentioned, the boldness doesn't isn't just the fact that we can approach God's throne. That's what gives us a boldness. Well, the boldness is when we're suffering, when things aren't going our way, um, when we're, we're being, tem being tempted, um, when we're getting a lot of pushback, we don't have to lose heart. We don't have to get afraid because who's on our side? It's the almighty eternal God who's using whatever's happening for his glory. Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time. It was... Uh... It was good to talk through these uh, 13 verses, Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, with you. Uh, Joel, we'll look 
forward to hearing you share these with us on Sunday in our two worship services. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope you have a great week.